long time no pod. Bro, dude, I was looking. It's been since July. I know. It doesn't even seem possible. Like, um, was it July? Yeah, July seventh is what the is what the the ca- calendar said there. So yeah, I, what happened? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I do know what happened. And first of all, I want to say congrats. And I don't mean this like as a fluff piece, but but genuinely, as someone that gets text messages, you know, when you're when you're crafting stuff, when your brain is storming on some ideas, or you know, you're getting kicked in the dick by shipping you know, material distribution, whatever it is, like I've gotten privy to some of the, the back end of what's going on over there and, and you've just plowed through. And, um, I've seen a lot of other companies up and down. I've seen a lot of other people struggling, but it, it seems like through your struggles, you've just gotten better. And I, I don't mean that lightly. It's been, it's, it's frustrating as shit sometimes because it's like, why can't you do this? Like to me, like self, why can't you be as productive as Casey? But you've just mm-hmm. dialed it in, man, and you've got it figured out. It's it's awesome. Well, dude, first of all, I'm a little upset that it took an entire eight seconds for you to compliment me. <laughs> <laughs> that was or eight seconds to talk about my business. Um, yeah, dude, dude, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, you've you're you're you know as close to the company as anybody else. You know, I mean, I, I text, I look to you for outside advice, just kind of like a, uh, you know, third set of eyes from the outside looking in, like what the fuck should we do here? You know? So you are as close to the company as anybody that doesn't have their name on the sign. So, um, you know, I do, I do really appreciate that. Um, dude, it's been a lot, but I will say, I don't, I don't want to divert away from me, but I will say that the same for you. I mean, just, just the things that I've watched, um, you know, outside looking in, you know, you, you do such a great job of, of feeding social media, you know, just, just enough, you know, it's like, I, I feel like you've toned it back. You're reserved. You, you feed it what we need to know. Um, we can, we can all, you know, we're all, we're all fans of you, um, and your health in every dimension. And we're kind of just all watching. So congratulations to you and thank you to you as a, as a fan of yours, as a human, as a traveler, um, for doing, for doing like the same thing. I think we're just on, you know, we're parallel just on a different path. Right. So, um, this is just the one I happen to be on right now. And and you just happen to be on that one. Um, I think you and I, you know, you and I both, um, I envision a a time in the future where you and I are going to be like, 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 like mirror swapped. Right. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's been bumpy. It's been fucked up. It's been, um, amazing. It's been, um, you know, all, all the above since we talked last, but man, I wouldn't, <laughs> I was looking at a picture of me. Um, my wife actually, it's like we were, we were screwing around with my, my camera. Um, and she just like snapped a picture of me. It was basically after black Friday weekend, 2019. And man, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> It's like it's happened. It's happened a dozen times now where you just think, you know, everything, um, that picture I remember posting, you know, um, and, and, and man, I had just been through a lot. It was my first black Friday as a, as like a solo entrepreneur. Right. Um, yeah. cut, cut from the, you know, the umbilical cord. I had no, you know, I wasn't a fake entrepreneur where I was selling Advocare and also working for a medical device company making 200 K you know, it wasn't that it was, it yeah. was a real entrepreneur, you know, out to sea. So, but it's amazing, man. When you look at a portrait of me, 
12 months ago versus now. I mean, my God, it tells the story and I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm not, you know, I I don't want to make assumptions on what that actually means, but my Lord, I look like I I'm a different human. You know, I've been hardened over the last year. You know, uh, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good word for it. Um, and, and not to liken the same kind of feeling or emotion to it. But, you know, uh, when you were saying that, I've had a couple of portraits uh, of myself that I've looked at as well, you know, and I've seen the change in 2020. And, and I'm glad that you noticed that there's been a scale back on my social media. It's not, it's not like... I'm a product, you know, I'm a human fucking being. And I think for a long time, my lifting was a product and mm-hmm. I really detached myself from that because for the first time in a long time, you know, with your help, with Terrence's help, with Brandon's help, with other people's help, um, I gained a sense of self for myself. And I looked at this picture of my face the other day in the middle of, uh, the elk hunt out at Chino just getting my my ass kicked every single day and I, I noticed that I look older I look I looked unedited you know and, yeah yeah and for me I was actually proud of that mm-hmm. um I was I was very grateful for a place and time where I looked at myself and it wasn't like okay, you've got to be bigger. You've got to be this, you've got to be that. It was like, you know, that's just me. And I equate it to some of those soldier pictures, you know, when they first go to war mm-hmm. and when they're coming out, you know, just the, or even the presidential. Photo, I was going to say you know, Obama. But, I mean, you look at yeah. Obama, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, you that know, dude so, melted. And it just, I don't know if 2020 kind of took the veil away for me. Um, but I started to see through a lot of people that I had once, kind of looked up to and, and not that I don't, I don't think they're bad people. Um, I just identified that their, their story isn't mine and their presentation doesn't have to be mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and much like yourself, you know, just learning from you and being like, man, there's no need to, to apologize for doing what you need to do and getting yourself, you know, getting dirt on your fingernails to make this thing go. Well, for me, you know, it's like I needed to get my life together. I needed to get myself together. I needed to get things in order from a standpoint of who matters and who doesn't, um, what's real and what isn't, who are the people that keep showing up in my life that for whatever reason, you know, I've just kind of like put on the back burner because I think for a long time, and you might understand this too, you know, those people will be there, but you're, but, but I had a tendency because of the work that I do with Sornex and other things, I let my job become a part of my life to where I was always looking to the next person and the next person and the next person, uh, because I network for a living and it's what I do. But at the same time, I need to stop the networking and just pick up the phone call and call my friends. Well, dude, on, on that, what I see on that, it's like, you know, there's so much to unpack, but you know, just starting with the easy one. It's like what I've noticed is in that I, I did, I looked at myself and I'm like, it's, it's much like when you haven't seen, you know, a family or friend for six months and they went through either weight gain, weight loss, um, acquired a, you know, illness or beat an illness. Um, 
you know, your, your body, your, your brain is like, you, you kind of are, are, are formatted to know Brandon Lilly is what you remembered the last time you saw Brandon Lilly. And, sure. and, the, and then you walk into the room and your aunt is on keto and she's lost 200 pounds and you're like, Oh fuck. Like, that doesn't even look like, you know what I mean? There's like that, that, um, and to do to not to be morbid, but it's almost sometimes when you go to a funeral, you're like, Oh, okay. That's not what I remember. And that's not what I want to, you know, that, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. like that program, sure. uh, envision, um, or that you carry with you. Well, when you see that in yourself, um, is, is kind of like, I think like a transcendence in, in life. Right. And that's, I think you and I are both explaining that we've seen that Yeah. where, where it's like, I think that, um, the, the, the face I was making 12 months ago, although I, you know, albeit I assume that that was, um, honest and, and, you know, I mean, literally when my, my wife looked at me and goes, Hey, look, and I looked and she took a picture. It was very, very real. It wasn't like I was trying to look like a badass, but when I compare the, the portrait kind of where we're, we're talking about here, the portrait from, 2020 versus 2019. It's like, you know, I'm smiling in 2020, but my wrinkles are deeper. My, my, my beard is grayer. Um, you know, the, the, the hat is sitting a little cockier, (laughs) you know, it's like you got up from a fight and you're like, all right, motherfucker, that's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, you're kind of dusting yourself off and, um, you know, and, and then, you know, you brought up a point about, you know, the, the trying to prove yourself to people or not, you know, you didn't say that I'm, I'm, I'm using my own words here, but, you know, putting out a, a polished product that is what you feel as if these people want, but what's really interesting, what's happened to me in 2020 is I look around at some of the people and, and I have a name in mind, but I'm not going to bring it up just out of respect for him. But I notice, um, he, he has a major podcast and, um, it's somebody that you and I know, uh, and he's even, there's even been a transcendence in him, whether it's starting new physical activities or starting new hobbies. Um, but it's, it's, it's letting go of the bullshit that you thought you had to pay to play. You know, you had yeah. to, um, you have to be covered in tattoos. You have to have, uh, you know, it, dude, it started in high school. You have to have pierced ears to be able to be in this crew. You sure. have to have, you know, you gotta have uh, a loud stereo to be cool here. You get, like all that. I, I feel like, week to week, month to month, now year to year is starting to just shed. It's shedding. It's, it's like you're shedding that skin. And what's funny is that you, you know, I, I feel I'm going to look back at that, the photo I'm talking about, um, from, you know, late 2020. And I assume 2021, 2022, I'm going to be like, Jesus, that, that fucking guy doesn't know anything about what was about to happen. You know? Um, you know, it's funny that you're talking about this in that way, because the other day I made a comment to a really good friend of mine when I just said, you know, imagine like looking back how much we thought we knew. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that at 65, I will look at 40 year old Brandon and be like, man, imagine how much that guy thought he knew. And then at, at 80, you know, God willing that I still have my ability to think and reason, I'll probably look back at my entire life. And, and, and I don't say this in a sad way, but I think that you will have the realization one day that so much of the trivial shit that tripped us up was the wrong stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I feel like 2020 kind of tipped life's cards a little bit 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I think you didn't. You know, nobody had time. We all all we had was time this year. Yeah. But it seems like you just shed the bullshit. You're like, like, dude, it was like the great, the great purge of fucking bullshit in my life. You know, I mean, like, I was still friends on Facebook with my ex employers that had fucked me. Like, sure. what am I doing, man? Who am I trying to impress? Like, dude. <laughs> I, good, like not even goodbye. Like, like, like this is a rage quit. Like, oh fuck you. Get out. Like, why yeah. am I doing, um, what, what am I, what am I doing? You know, because all these little things, Wendler said it best. I bring it up all the time. Do I think about it all the time with, and I think you and I talked about this down in Georgia, the, the, the phrase stealing energy. Like yeah. there's only a hundred percent of everything. Everything only has a hundred percent. You know, there's only so many th- the ways you can cut this and dude, you know, he had, you know, Wendler brought up in his book, um, you know, about I mean, he built a training program for people that only could train twice a week. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember reading that and being like, there's no fucking time in my life that I'm only going to be able to get in the gym. So maybe twice a day. What are you talking about twice a week? And now I'm like, dude, if I hit two a week, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm cruising now. So there's just no time for, for the, um, just, just prepubescent bullshit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I kind of divulge something here and I talked to you about it a little bit and I think we should probably circle back to Georgia cause they're having another one over there right now. See a recruitment project. But you know, for me, well, so, so it's December 18th. Today's December 18th. You and yeah. I met up in Georgia, um, with, with some amazing humans. Uh, when was that? Shit. I don't even know. Like a month uh, ago. <laughs> it was October ish, mid October. We'll say. Yeah. And what I had before, you know, after that and really, I don't know, man. I've I've been hunting a lot this year. It's it's been a very very positive thing for me to to get kicked in the nuts over it. You know, to understand where there is this skill gap. There is this place where, you know, I'm good with a backpack. I'm good with a, you know a fire stick. I'm good with these things, but there's still a gap between my skill level and my ability to accomplish you know an objective when I set out to do it. And that's okay. And I think one of the the things that I really worked through this year a lot is because I was really good at one thing, powerlifting, it was like, okay, people respond to that level of, of achievement or that level of goodness or greatness or whatever you want to call it. And it was like every time I pick my bow up, I have to be great instead of showing the, the days where I just want to fucking break that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to... I have to take this this big buck because that's what people were expecting rather than showing the process of, you know what, I found a really good buck. I found the, the buck that I wanted. It made sense. It felt good to me. And that's the one I took instead of passing that for something else. And to be honest, I have done that. I have taken every animal that I felt like I should. But at the back of my mind, it was that gnawing of like, man, what are people going to think about this? What are yeah, people so going to say about this? This is just such a dangerous spiral. And it's something that I feel like I did a pretty good job of when we were in Georgia. Um, Cause we're talking about two things. We're talking about like a metaphor, you know, AKA social media metaphor of life. Right. Um, and then real physical life. And um, you know, I sat with you, I shot a deer 
um, with, with, you know, your, uh, guidance, um, in, in Georgia. And, it, you know, I, we also, you know, I, I showed great, um, uh, reserve by, by not shooting, uh, probably the most, um, uh, one of the most perfect <laughs> eight points I've ever, I've ever seen in, in, in the wild. Right. So, sure. um, you know, realizing what you're here for and what your goal is and what you're trying to accomplish, I think is, is the point I'm making with that and not, you know, trust me, I, I definitely wanted to say, Hey, look, you know, after 15 years of not really hunting or not really putting in the time, um, you know, look how awesome I am. And man, that, that imposter syndrome, um, is really hit me pretty hard now because I'm still getting, you know, hunters following me that, that, hunt more than a couple weekends a year like me. I, I just, but then I have to realize that I do play a part in all this, you know, um, th- this whole thing is again, back to the 100%. We, we all play like our 1% in this. And I think identifying that and realizing that, you know, I'm not here to shoot, um, that perfect eight point. I'm here to, um, you know, shoot a doe. Um, and, and that was, that was like the agreement we were there to, to do. That was what I wanted to do. I want to get reps in. This is, this is like circumax work, right? It's, it's, I think we, we <laughs> use that analogy when we were sitting in the blind together, like this is just live action. I'm really taking a life. I have to make sure this shot is perfect. Um, I have to make it. And, and th- so this is the training part, you yeah. know, this is, and, and this is the journey. And I think me telling my story of essentially, you know, growing up around hunting, um, dropping hunting in lieu of college and girls and cars and money and all this other different shit. Um, and then coming back to it now as, as a, as a father, um, I think that's my part in this, you know, that's my 1% stake in this, in this game. So, you know, realizing that I am not an imposter just because I am not sitting there, but you know, we work cons- the challenge with you and I is we're consumers and fans of this stuff too. Sure. Right. So, so we look at these, these big hunters and these guys that are, um, you know, tro- trophy or, and, or, you know, I don't want to degrade any of their, you know, any of their, their harvests, but a lot of it's not what we're doing. Right. And, uh, right. but we we're, we're consumers of it on, um, it goes back to powerlifting. It goes to archery. It goes to all this. We're consumers. So we, we are, they're all good marketers. Many of them there's, there's hunters, you know, these guys that have marketing firms behind their personal social media channels. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing their job we just have to remember what our job is and, and where we fit into this whole thing. Because I think you in, in and of like out of this whole hundred percent, you know, I look at all of like the, you know, it looks like, it looks like a, <laughs> I, I, I'm always so bad with words, but, um, uh, where all the pictures put together for one larger picture, a collage, a collage in this whole collage of social media, you play, a, you know, I see Brandon Lilly. Okay. Pop Brandon Lilly out of that collage and zoom in on him and his job, I think is very, very, you've been very effective at, at getting people to realize that, um, you know, not necessarily where their train stop is, but, but, um, you know, it's okay to have a, have a, have a detour or, and, or just, you know, kind of a through stop. Right. Yeah. And, and, and find that there's more to this whole game and, uh, you know, just opening the doors to, um, hunting and, and eating, you know, cooking and, and, um, 
spirituality and emotional, uh, being in touch with your emotional side, all these different things. I mean, that's your, that's what you do. So it would be weird if you just posed with this fucking monster, uh, like, like a, that just would, I don't care about that. That's right. cool. Good for you. But that's not really what we, I guess, need or, or you know, um, you that's know, not really what we're looking for. It's something that, that kind of, I've been having this feeling, you know, I talked to George up at Salt River quite a bit, talked to Robbie from Blood Origins, mm-hmm. talked to a lot of the people, you know, and um, one of the things that I think is really problematic, it, it's just like your spices, okay? And this is a terrible analogy, but I want to, I kind of want to make the point of it. it with your spices, it, let's say that you put everything in there but the salt, it really becomes an ineffective spice. Like it's, it's good, but it's something's missing. And much like the hunting industry, and I hate to call it an industry, but the passion of hunting is full circle. And that is conservation. And that is understanding that a doe population that gets out of control limits the number of those trophy bucks that, that are left or you know prevents them from growing because it's, it's not like us. If one deer starves, it's, it's not, or I mean, if there's not enough food, not one deer starves, the entire group of deer starve. That's the way that they are. So conservation is a huge thing. So there should be a pride in harvesting a doe and collecting that meat and preparing that meat uh, for your friends, for your family, for yourself. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people talk about. But what one of the things that I really appreciated about the Hunter Recruitment Project, that was our focus, you know, to find the coal bucks, the ones that you know, obviously had deformities or, or something along those lines, maybe an injury had caused them to grow, you know, unequally or something like that. But primarily, I mean, just to give you an example, one farm right around here, I know the state does some, some observation, the farmers do some observation. They come up with a number based on a rough calculated estimate of, of what the population's strength is. And they say, Hey, we need 12 does taken off this property. Okay. Without those 12 does being taken, that limits the the deer of next year. And a lot of the people that are hearing this and thinking, oh my goodness, 12 does, you're talking about somewhere between 35 and 45 pounds of meat, give or take on a nice doe, 50 pounds if you're lucky on a big doe, you know, and when you look at it, that's one pound a week for a year. You know, that's, yeah. that's one meal for your family every week for a year. Yeah. So it's not taco like, Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, it's not like this just meat smorgasbord that just runs wild and fills the freezer off of one thing. I mean, 50 pounds of meat is nothing to laugh at, but that one of the things that, that changed me as a consumer of meat entirely was when I got back into hunting from a different level of I want to extract every piece of meat that I can. I want to learn how to cook the different pieces of meat. I want to cook the heart. I want to eat the liver. I want to do these things. And if I don't like them, that's okay. You know, it's part of the process of understanding and education. But when you start saying, hey, I'll give my friend, you know, John three pounds. I'll give my brother, you know, six pounds. Well, the next thing you know, you just start wicking this animal away. And it's like, man, when you look at one animal and the meat that it provides, 
you become a little bit more calculated and a little bit more conservative with how you dish that out. So that came into play when I started eating, you know, beef instead of going to the, the steakhouse and ordering the 23 ounce porterhouse and eating it just because I can and just because yeah. I can afford it. It's like, what does my body actually fucking need? What do I really need in this life so that I'm not just taking and taking and taking? I'm actually consuming what I need with respect to what I'm consuming. And hunting for me, I, listen, I am not a great hunter by any stretch. I'm a great shooter with my bow. I'm a pretty good shot with my rifle, but I am still learning the tactics of close range hunting, you know, out in Arizona this time, I spent some time with Michael, you know, Brady and I spent a lot of time out there on the mule deer previous this year, learned a lot from him. Elk and mule deer are totally different species. They have different habits. They have different tendencies. They have different tracks. So getting to expand my knowledge, learning elk, watching two guys be successful, whereas I failed, whereas I came up short and then packing that thing out, um, packing an elk quarter out with backstrap on top of it. One of the hardest things I've ever yeah. done. And it's, it's not because it's not because of the weight, like I can put on a ruck right now and, and ruck the equivalent of that elk carry over and over and over, but I'm on flat to low ground. We were on a 20 degree, 22 degree incline where I could have my right leg down low, my left knee bent and yeah. lean over just slightly. And my left arm could touch the side of the mountain. Yeah. Like we off, were off camber for three quarters of a mile. <laughs> yeah. You know, we yeah. were, we were seriously, seriously compromised with our stability. And one thing for me at that steep angle, you know, when you put a hind quarter on, on your back and you have these packs, you know, the top is secure, but the bottom is kind of like a jello jiggler. I mean, you yeah. have, you have 80 pounds well, that, of unsolidified, undried <laughs> meat. That thing is, wobbling all over the place and on that incline as i would go down you know you kind of have to do a switchback so your right foot goes down and then you swing the left leg over well sometimes you know you step on the wrong rock and it slides out from under you i, I fell numerous times coming down this thing i put my fucking hand in a cactus more than once i had over a hundred of those little frog hair cactus in my oh hand my as I was sitting down to pick those out of my fingers, which I still have cuts on my hand right now, I leaned back and my fucking back hit a cactus. And all of those things <laughs> you, you cannot prepare or train for because physically, yeah, my hand hurt. Yeah, my back hurt. But it's like looking at the other guys still standing there looking at you like, man, you were the low man on the totem pole. You're slowing up this train. And they're still standing there with weight on their back. And here I am like mentally about to just come unglued because everything hurts. My legs are on fire. And I told myself I trained for this. I prepared for this. And the fact of the matter is I was ill prepared for it. Not that I couldn't do it. I finished it. I got the meat down the hill and I got it to the truck. Those guys did that the day before and they did it the day after, you know, and they go back the day after and the day after and the day after. Yep. And that just really gave me pause to look at myself in the full spectrum of things. Why am I hunting? Am I proud to hunt a doe or a cow is just the same as I am a buck or a bull. Am I trained to do what I'm doing or am I just here in the way, you know, and I started asking myself these things. And that's why if you've seen my Instagram in the last few days, it's like, I am rebuilding my base because I've gotten my endurance up. I've gotten my body changed. It, it's ready for the, the feedback to take place and take shape so that next year when I go back, if I go back uh, or if I draw the tag for a bull, 
that I'm better for it, you know, and it's not like I'm going to go out there next year and be perfect. I'm not going to be Cam Haynes and, you know, be super successful and be able to pack this thing out without, without any failure. I will learn new things next year. And that's the beauty of it is like after that elk trip, I accepted, I am an amateur at this. I am completely an amateur, even though I've been successful on whitetails, even though I was successful out in Oklahoma, I am still an amateur at so many aspects of it. And I kind of like had that sigh of that's okay. This is, this doesn't have to be something that I'm great at. I buy my own bow. I'm not sponsored by anybody like the Nexus arrows and the Oz cuts. I'm friends with those guys. So they asked me to test their products, use their products, give them feedback. So you use, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. I think the writing's on the wall. Um, Sora next needs to come out with a flesh pack, like a training flesh pack, a jello jiggler, 80 pound <laughs> Sora next outdoors. It flesh pack. I mean, like almost like one of those, um, those Bulgarian water bags. That's what I was thinking. The, uh, the water, bag. you know, something like that. It's like would, an elk tenderloin. Yeah. Something like that would actually, or you just, re- or you take the raw tenderloin and do the workout that they do with those water bags. <laughs> you know, those like lunch, yeah. uh, things. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But they're just, I just think that a lot of people are, well, dude, are, it sounds like you accomplished what you, what you went to do in like in real life, you accomplished what you went to do. If social media was not a thing, yeah, I I would feel like, man, what a great year. But right. because of social media, I had those moments where it's like, man, I'm a failure. Um, yeah. Man, I, I, you know, I dreamed of, I dreamed of that moment where I grabbed the bull's antlers. Yep. And the dream wasn't because of like accomplishment and satisfaction and job well done. It was like. How is this going to look? And when I started having those feelings, man, I really got defeated on myself um, because I was mad at myself for letting that be the driving force for for what I was doing. Because then I asked myself, like, where does that lead into? Like, do I wear a certain shirt because of that? Do I wear this yeah. outfit? You know, and well, so, I really. So, so you and I, so you and I, we, we, you know, we, I started out talking about how we're on, we're on parallel paths, but there it's just different. Right. And with business, what I found is I was chasing this number that, um, for, for the year that, that was like, okay, you hit, you hit this number, then you hit that big number and then there's, oh, okay, now we're going to hit this. <laughs> you know, if everything goes perfect, we may hit this third number and it's like the third number is like, okay. Um, I caught myself months ago making, you know, potentially more risky, which I generally am pretty conservative with my business just because I don't want to ever put a suit on again. Um, so I like to try to reserve and, and, you know, I, I was, I was a little more flippant trying to hit number, you know, C here. And, uh, I think it's the same type of thing. And it's like, but for fucking what, like what, for what? And it's like, I talked to a couple of consultants that I, that I talked to that have hit, you know, big, big boy numbers. And, you know, I kind of told them what was potentially possible. Still 100% ownership, still never taking any, any, um, you know, cash from anybody. And they're like, well, what? Okay. But you're going to hit this, right? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to hit that by black Friday. And they're like, well, why are you like, what the fuck does that 
do versus that. You know, it's it's like like with you, like like w- how much different would the experience, like what you gained, like what that return to you and your family and your legacy and your, and your, your memories and your experiences, all these different things. What, what more would, um, the antlers have given back to you? I'm not saying it wouldn't have, I'm just saying sure. like, what's that? If you do, you know, X minus Y, what is that Z? Right. right. Um, and, and that's, that's really, it's like how I started to say, so I went, okay, well, I just made some poor decisions because it's like, well, I have this hard, fast rule on my return on ad spend on Facebook ads. It's like, well, if I'm not getting, Basically, if I'm getting three times return, I'll keep it going, but I won't increase or, you know, I won't decrease. I'll notate to check it again in in 48, 72 hours. If if I'm getting four times plus, which occasionally happens, um, based off of that, I'll review and use a few other rules I have to um, either increase budget or scale. Okay. Yep. Um, I caught myself this year. Well... (laughs) hundred dollars in equals $300 in sales. Okay. So, but you take that $300 in sales, you take a hundred dollars off the top and then you take 50%, you know, you bet. So that's, that's 33%. Then you take 50% for the cost of the goods. So now I'm only yielding, you know, 22%. Um, then I have to pay myself and a few guys plus packaging that I've just lost sixty thousand dollars on this year you know right. like so so but it's like so that three is like my break even um yeah i caught myself this year saying like yeah 2.7 is like okay let's juice up a 2.7 let's juice up a 3.1 because i knew i was still going to be getting unprofitable results so that i could pad those numbers to eventually try to hit that big C number that I was talking about. And right. it's like, you know, I would, I just potentially, um, cheapen the brand. I, I, you know, I spent some capital I had that, that I didn't get the maximum return, which I, I of course there's, um, of, of course there's merit to, you know, taking some risks, but this wasn't risky. This was almost intentionally calculated as a, you know, a slightly more poor decision than I typically make, if that makes sense. Right. So yeah. just like you, like, well, I just need to maybe cut some corners cause I definitely just want to hit that. I just need to get that nice picture. Um, with, with uh, dude, we've talked about the time where I, you know, almost died in the Adirondacks, um, a dozen times now. The reason that my pack was too heavy is that I had all of my camera gear all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I took 30 pounds of camera gear on a, on a, on a hike that I should have been much lighter and it, and it exhausted me and it was all to get that shot for fucking what, you know? Um, right. What I'm saying is, you know, absorbing the, um, experiences, the memories and, and what, what am I really trying to get from this and, and, and looking at that? I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, the, you know, the number one, and this is, a. Uh, you know, this is kind of a, a, a shift in, in what we're talking about, but it's not. And I, I kind of want your your moment where you got the parting of the seas to clearly see what you were out there doing this for, like figuring those things out and what really came down to it. You know, I'm out in Oklahoma and we were there specifically for deer as a, you know, as a conservation effort of sorts and as a destructive prevention for pigs. I mean, if, if anybody's seen the, the devastation that wild pigs do to a farm or land in general, it's, it's, it's devastating. And, you know, once again, 
when I'm on the ground there, you know, everyone is talking about bucks, 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 and that kind of thing. And for me, I, I kind of relegated myself to, okay, bucks are my secondary. I want to focus on pigs. I want to take a doe because I wanted to take some photographs of, of cooking that meal with a really great group of friends. And anybody that hunts understands kind of the wave of things happening is you'll see birds, you'll see raccoons, you'll see squirrels, you know, ground type stuff. And then the, the younger bucks and the younger does, the fawns come out and then does come the, the you know the, the next wave of bucks kind of the young one two-year-old bucks come out and then right at the edge of darkness um the, the larger bucks come out i mean mm-hmm. they're the most they're most careful well you know it, it was starting to weigh on me i mean i've been hunting quite a bit and we were driving down the road and i saw this opportunity to stalk a pig on this farm and i ended up stalking this thing and that was the highlight of my hunting season this year. Um, I got to use two calves that were between me and the pig kind of as a defense, as a shield and understanding that if those calves bolted, the pig was going to probably see me or bolt. So I kind of had to just work my way in. And honestly, that's a part of hunting for mule deer. That's a, that's a part of hunting for many animals is the, the spot and stalk aspect of it. I had never been successful on that. Um, I had intentions of doing that on doe here in Kentucky, but the fact of the matter is I killed a doe um, the day after I got my hex suit sitting in a ground blind. So there was no spot and stalk aspect of it. Even though I shot her at six and a half yards with my bow, it was just one of those freak moments where things lined up, you know? So to be able to stalk this animal and to, to execute the shot, Dude, I was, I was like a rat shitting razor blades in that field. I mean, I was very, very nervous because those things are dangerous. Um, he actually did spin around on me and kind of, he wanted to charge, but he was incapable. Um, I'd already shot him at that point and I put another arrow in him just to, just to ease the process of his passing. You know, I didn't want him to suffer. I didn't want any of that, but it turns out both were heart shots. Those things are just so damn tough. And, um, that for me, like it's a fucking boar pig. You know, and nobody gets excited about that stuff. Nobody turns up and is like, oh, man, great job. You killed a pig. But for me, it did many, many things. It took care of a pig that was devastating to this farm. It was just destroying land, even in the process of when I shot him, um, as well as ate it and then got the experience of the spot and stalk. So, yeah, there's just a lot that we can miss. Like if I had never said, hey, man that's just a fucking pig. Let's go on down the road. You know what I mean? It, it sometimes those moments where you have that split decision, you just kind of go with your gut. And for me, all I thought was this is an opportunity to truly try to stock up on this animal. And if I get my ass kicked, I get my ass kicked, but here's a chance. And that's what I'm looking for, man. I, I, t- you know, my buddy Gerald, who was there with me, he literally eats five to six deer a year. So he, you know, he doesn't buy beef anymore. He's transferred his beef consumption to strictly venison. So talking to somebody like that versus somebody who is only out to shoot the biggest and the best and the the records, they're two totally different ends of the spectrum, but they all serve the same end, you know, and uh, I'm just better somewhere in the middle of those two things. You know, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to shift my entire, at least not yet, shift my entire diet to wild game meat 
because one, it's just, it's so much effort. It's so much time and effort to, to be that successful. Now, if I'd taken an elk, that might be a different story. 200 plus pounds of meat in the freezer don't need a lot of beef, you yeah. know, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm thankful for that moment because it really just showed me all that I felt in that moment, that, that pride of being able to accomplish something that I'd never done. That's what I'm looking for. And then also the fact of having those back straps and sharing it with people, like, it's not, it's not just the hunt. It's, it's so much more than that for me. And this year gave me that clarity of it will never, ever, ever be about the big rack or, or that kind of approach for me. Now it would be nice if somewhere along the lines, I was able to increase my skill as a hunter and, and take some of those animals, but it's definitely not the destination when I go into the woods is to take the biggest animal possible. Um, and I, and I think the same of your business, like you said, you know, if it's a million dollars a year and that satisfies the fact that your family's fed, your family's healthy, your family's happy, and you can take your trips on the weekend and you can be around good people. What part of that equation gets compromised to make 3 million or to make 5 million or to make 10 million, you know, at some point the giving tree starts to be the poison. And that's where I'm at is trying to identify exactly what I'm trying to get from this thing and extract as much of that without tiptoeing over that line. Yeah. Well, knowing, knowing your goal and achieving a goal and, you know, even Rogan, Rogan said it a few times where he's like, it's kind of funny that like inherently in like this consumer driven, you know, day and age, like these businesses, there, there is no end game. Like he, you know, he's, he's, I forget who he was talking to, but he was like laughing about how there's no like cap. Like you just want to profit more and increase sales more like infinity, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's just like, you know, imagine if, um, you know, there's guys out there that just say they want to squat infinity, but yeah, you know, there's, there's only a handful of guys that actually get the right to even say that. Like, (laughs) yeah, Dave Dave Hoff, Dave Hoff is going to squat infinity. (laughs) I believe that. Um, but these other guys like, dude, if you want to squat seven fifty, and like, that was, that was always my number. Like, I really don't want to squat a G (laughs) like, cause I know, I know the difference between the guys that squat seven fifty and the guys that squat a thousand. I don't want like, I don't want y'all laugh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had to get my James Vanderbeek um, direction out. And I just, <laughs> um, if you just, if you leave it on, you know, open, it's like, it just, I just, it's it, bad shit can happen. Cause that's where you start slipping. Like I did, you know, or, um, making, making poor decisions when it comes to return on ad spend. That's silly. I mean, I'm paying people to take my product at that point. And that's really what yeah. ends up happening. You know, um, I think the story and the content surrounding the boar was some of the coolest I've, you know, I've consumed of yours. You know, yeah. I think I need to you, figure out, I still you, wrestle with it. With the, like with that sh- content. Well, I mean, obviously I sent you the full video of everything and I mean, it you, was intense. It was it yeah, I don't very, know. Why did that video make me feel weird? I don't know. Why did it make me feel weird? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I thought that was one of the most um, real videos I've seen in a while. Um, yeah. I could tell, you know, just putting myself into, I mean, a few weeks ago, I was following you walking through uh, a pecan orchard. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I literally had that point of view a few, a few weeks ago, like that could have happened yeah. to us. Right. Um, sure. But I, I watched it and it was like, is, you know, I'm comfortable with death. I, I, I especially of, of game animals and any animal, um, for the purpose. I mean, dude, I was excited when you shot it. Cause I'm like, Oh shit, pulled pork. <laughs> I'm like, this is, yeah. this is great. I mean, I would be, I would, it would be, you know, I, I would be ecstatic to shoot a boar. Like I, I just, yeah. especially when you could, you could consume. Um, cause I know I don't know enough about boar. I mean, we know there's nothing up here yet. Um, yeah, I know there's some you don't want to eat. Um, but I'd be pumped, man. There's a lot I could do with that. And I think it'd be, I mean, that's, that's really like the direction you and I, I think we're going to go down that road together. Yeah. Um, where well, go for it. No, I'm just saying like somebody keeps calling me. Sorry. That's all right. Well, I'll just say this. I think somebody, what I, what I didn't want to do because they are tough and they are aggressive is to highlight myself as, I mean, that was just a lucky, that was just a lucky culmination for me. And what I've thought about doing, and I'm, I'm curious your opinion on this too, you know, do you, do you just show the still photo of me drawn back on this thing? Well, dude, that um, wouldn't tell near the story. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was such a powerful video. It's just, it had, it, there's something that I was like, well, fuck, I don't, like, I almost didn't want to post it, but right. that's exactly what I want to post. Does that make sense? Like, like that's exactly what I want to show people because sure. I don't uh, know. That, that's where I'm at with it because okay. you, you understand it. You, you understand what transpired. But to somebody who just casually passes through, sees this post, it's very, very difficult to convey all that I felt. In well, that first moment. of all, the, the, the first thing that's going to happen is you, have, you run the risk of, of being um, removed from the conversation forcefully. Yeah, sure. Very. I mean, yeah. that's a very real. I mean, look what you look what happened to you and I when we were in Georgia, and we were we. You know, you were prepping the um, <clears throat> the hindquarters for the flip flop um, that we yep. all ate for. You know, that fed fourteen. Uh, you know, growing adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what an honor. I mean, that whole um, it was named JB, right? Uh, yep. That whole thing I walked up on because I had stopped either I either took a shower real quick or got changed or something real quick. And I walked up on the, the processing happening. And, man, I was snapping pictures and Paul was taking, you know, professional photos and professional video. <laughs> the, the honor that we showed, um, the cumulative uh, what that um, deer provided uh, in terms of, um, content education and nourishment, uh, <laughs> you'd be hard, hard pressed to match that. Right. But yep. you post it and yours, um, somebody that follows you reported it within minutes. Yeah. Um, it was a raw piece of meat. It, we, we weren't showing gushing blood. We weren't showing a sacrificial, uh, you know, bloodlust. We weren't, we weren't showing anything. It was, it was, it was the opposite. Um, man. And so that, so that's where like uh, you, the apprehension I think grows from 
that knowing, I mean, just like me, you know, running, running a business with all these societal issues we have going on, I have to be careful to share what the fuck I feel about it, which is typically in the middle somewhere. (laughs) I have to be careful what I say because of cancel culture and where we're going to go, you know, what's going to happen. So with that video, I think it would serve. I know I utilized the video you sent me, the video in question here. I utilized it as a as a conservation education for a lot of people. Yeah, um, do, a dozen people probably so far. I've sent like, and they had some questions about it, and then I sent them the photo that you sent me of the trajectory of of the arrows. Yeah. I mean, that was not, that was not a poor shot. This is, this is, I mean, they are fucking badass animals there. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, you know, now we can share the, uh, the, the food preparation and, and the meals out of it. But so do you change the venue? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's feasible. Do you change? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this and let's, let's just remove hunting from the main focus, but like, there's so many topics that are deemed controversial that are just fucking innate to human, you know, like masculinity, Jesus Christ, the, the, the hyper masculine, like in your face, screaming, be a man is just as offensive. And I don't mean, I don't mean offensive as in like I lose sleep over it. I just mean it's as, it's as pointless and baseless as the anti-masculine stuff. Like, listen, pay your bills, do right by your family, tell the truth, you know, piss standing up, you're masculine. You know, it's not, it's not a fucking, it's not that fucking hard. And well, I, do, like do, I said, so, so pause, it's still that it's okay. I just made that analogy to the, the squat thing. It's not infinite. You don't have infinite yeah. masculinity. Like I think the effective dose that is somewhere there. Well, and I think too, I think at the hyper end of that spectrum, you start to get a lot of insecurity projected as strength. I mean, I know that. And I say that coming from when I was a power lifter saying, well, your argument is moot and void because you can't unrack what I squat. You know, that is, that is idiocracy wrapped in insecurity. You know, every person has a valid place to, to have a conversation at the table. Some of it, unwarranted some of it unnecessary but the fact of the matter is there there are people who are i don't want to say posing but they are following steps of people who are not necessarily the people to be following the steps of you know and i think that when you when you ask yourself like i've never ever once had my masculinity challenged never once um is that because i'm just so much of a man that people know i don't fucking know but I've I've won fist fights. I've lost fist fights. I've won shotgunning a beer contest, and I've puked shotgunning beer. You know, like all of these things or all of these little dots that you want to put on the spectrum of what makes people a man. The same thing. Like I'll listen to uh, a, a song that's so delicate and like Osara by Sergio Simpson is probably one of my favorite songs. That is the most delicate, most honoring songs that you could ever imagine and it really delves into the emotions of what it means to be a man written by a complete badass you know and does that diminish the fact that he's a man because he got in touch with his emotions absolutely not does it diminish the fact that he's a man because he's confessing his love he said the most outlaw thing i ever did was give a good woman a ring yeah. You know, like those are, those are the kind of things that I'm looking at. Like nobody's going to tell me 
what I am or what I'm not. I'm still learning that. I'm still learning to define what these things are. And as a matter of fact, I make mistakes every single day. I've been the worst example of what masculinity is because I've used it to intimidate people. I've used it to break people mm-hmm. down. I've yeah. used it to physical harm. I mean, well, and not only that, but like <laughs> to juxtaposition, juxtaposition myself to where, you know, it, it's like you want that, you want that recognition and accommodation because you're this big hulking man. And dude, I was a broken little boy inside, you yeah. know? And I, I just think that masculinity for me <laughs> is, is an irrelevant part of the conversation for a lot of people. And it's like, if time magazine says that I'm bad because I'm masculine, well, I don't read time magazine. And it's not like I'm sitting here fighting the editor of the magazine that's saying it. It's like, ask anybody around me. They'll tell you, I'm, you know, I, I don't know what I'm really fucking saying. No, well, I think having, you know, I think one of the challenges and here, here's, here's one thing I think about a lot and it's kind of falls into this is like, I, I don't, I don't have a religion. I don't have a, I don't have a rule book. You know, mine is such a eclectic, um, pile of shit (laughs) because I had also, I, it sways, um, you know, it's like, there are some things I'm hard fast on, but then a lot of these things that we're dealing with now, and it's like, I'm not sure I really want to go down that road right now, but with, um, everything associated with the, the pandemic, it's like, you know, I can see both sides and I don't really know where I sit on a lot of these things. And, um, I think a lot of that is because I do like to sit back and take everything in. Um, but I don't have like a team or a religion or a political, you know, kind of ideology to, to attach to so that somebody else can tell me the way I need to think. And I think right. that that's where like a lot of this, cha- you know, a lot of this comes in because, you know, you bring up masculinity and it's like, well, then I see some, some points of, of, of feminism that hasn't, you know, as, as, um, somebody that has, you know, uh, male, female twins, dude, I, I, like, I have to, I see like both parts. I see equal parts here. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't just have a little boy that I'm rooting gets a, you know, oh, I want him to marry some big titted blonde and, and go off and but like, but like, then I have to look at my daughter. So it's like, <clears throat> I, I just have both right in front of me. Yeah. So that whole feminism and, and masculinity argument is, it's, it's like, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that one has to be in place of another, you know, it's not like a teeter totter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just but I think that, that's, what I, that's what I think it's breeding is, is just like the political spectrum. Instead of having the conversation of like, Oh wow, these two things existed for 70,000 years of humanity or whatever it is pretty you know, and I don't think it's any argument that that men have typically, by archetype, been bigger and stronger and faster, whereas women have characteristics of sensibility, the, the ability to, of compassion and caring, and you know all of these things. They they didn't come to be in a world where social media drove everything, where it didn't come to be when tech when technology was literally propping us up so that we could live more comfortably. These things came about like the ability to judge and have judgment was basically a life-saving tool. 
Like you see somebody coming through the woods that doesn't yeah, look like 100%. you, doesn't speak, yeah. doesn't speak like you, doesn't sound like you, doesn't smell like you, doesn't wear the same clothes as you. Maybe there's someone who needs to be killed. Maybe there's someone who can help us kill another tribe. Whatever it is, yeah. those those. Like, like almost like, 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 um, like first, first stance, like prejudice, right? Like, like how, how am I going to approach this? Um, has, has probably, well, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know what I'm saying there, but like that, that is this a grizzly bear or a squirrel? Sure. Um, discernment is important. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man, it, it's just, I don't know. I, 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 the, the, the teeter totter thing is something I envision all the time. Like it doesn't have to, this doesn't have to rob from this. Um, I, I, I don't under, I don't get that. Like I, I want to abolish the NFA. (laughs) I want to abolish the ATF and I also want to legalize most, uh, most drugs. Right. So like, you know, I don't, I don't follow yet. Like, like gay marriage is cool. I, I, you know, I, I, and I want a suppressor on my, um, open carry pistol. So, um, you find it's hard to be kind of in our shoes because I'm, I'm much the same way. Like, well, hard how, because here's, here's what I, I came up to. I came up, with, I guess, a conclusion on that. Um, three weeks ago, <laughs> I just said, you know what? The only reason that I'm doing this is because I'm listening to the fucking news. Like in somebody, even if I want to remain hard fast on a few ideas, like, like <laughs> the control and like the brainwashing is, is, is they're much more effective at it than I'll ever be at um, deterring it. So the only reason I know some of this stuff is because I'm allowing, like, what if I just turned off Facebook? What if I just turned off the news? Like it's, the, it's not against the law to like, I don't have to watch TV. Like we don't have cable. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I don't watch the news. I don't, I don't generally consume the news. Now, now I, people are going to laugh and, you know, intellectuals like, well, is that, you know, ignorance, you know, well, I just, there there comes a point where, you know, I deal with firearms laws in New York um, that are some of the strictest. And at what point am I going to look at myself and say, like, and this is not me being tough. I mean, dude, you know me better than most. Like I'm not Mr. Tough guy, but at what point is it time to become an outlaw and say like, (laughs) You know, like I feel as if I need a removable magazine from my AR-15. Like I feel as if the last time I had a, a malfunction, like an a- ammunition malfunction, I, you know, I almost fucking died because right. I could just drop a mag. Like, okay, well, maybe I need to be educated on how to work. But, but also, like, do you have to be complicit in like another man telling you how to run your life and how to protect your family? Like, like, like you're just like by, by paying the registration on your vehicle and by, by paying your taxes, you're just like, you're just complying. Right. And it really hit me the other day. It's like, well, at what point do I just cut all that out and say, I'm just going to live my fucking life. And if they come knocking at my door, I'll deal with it then. Um, you know, I've heard of no, I've heard of, um, you know, even talking with, with, uh, state, state police, New York state police that I'm friends with and, uh, ATF agents and DEA guys. And like, there's been no, no one that they just knocked on their door and said, show me your AR 15. This is non-compliant. You'll come to jail. You know, that doesn't, 
they're usually compounding charges. Sure. Um, now I think you're going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not manufacturing a, a, um, you know, full auto, you know, full suppress. Cause we, we don't have, um, we can't do NFA items at all here. Yeah. So I, I don't even, I can't even get a suppressor if I wanted. Um, but I'm saying like these, these fabricated safe act laws or, you know, okay, fast forward to COVID. I, I, you know, my business hasn't been shut down yet, but I have friends that, that are like, at what point do you just, I mean, you have to comply, but at what point do you just shut it all off and, and just keep going the way that you were? Because this is like, imagine if you were in the woods, would you comply with, there's going to be potentially some, you know, if you're, if you're in the woods and, and you're hungry and your family's hungry, you may not be super concerned with conservation. Right. Does that oh, mean you, like, a, like a tag limit doesn't fucking matter right now? No, and that's, listen, that's a very real thing here in Kentucky. You know, there, there are a lot of hunters and Kentucky's pretty gracious with the the tags. I mean, I think for a resident hunter for just a little over a hundred dollars, <laughs> you get you get a buck tag and four doe tags on your on your original license because if you drive up and down I seventy five or across I sixty four or down you know the Bluegrass Parkway, yeah. you're gonna see deer on the side of the road left and right, left and right, left and right, and attached to that is damage to somebody's vehicle, potentially life loss to somebody that hit one of those things because, you know, who decides how many tags are given every year? The insurance companies based on accident claims involving yeah. deer. So yeah. if they say, hey, we need a million, like if, if State Farm and all these other companies come together and say, hey, we need one million deer hunted in Kentucky, that's what that means so that likely – there will be less of those collisions, less of those accidents, less of that hindrance. And, but I do know people here and, and even Gerald, Gerald does it all legally. He has all the tags, but there is somebody somewhere in the state of Kentucky right now that will not eat if they don't hunt a deer, yeah. you know, and that hell or high water. I, I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but I would say that in the middle of June, if a doe walks out and this guy sees one, who am I to say that he shouldn't take that deer if it's for his food? You know, like, when the when the only when the only difference is going to be if he paid fifteen dollars because every time after the tag you get two doe tags for fifteen dollars to infinity, like seven fifty a doe, and that's that's just state generated revenue for for work that needs to be done somebody that's going to go out and spend the time and and the thing that bugs me is the average person you know they see the guy and and it's always the bad shit that makes the news but like those kids that were kicking the deer that was at the base of the tree that was dying yeah they were I, I think they were local for um for me uh yeah that was where i grew up that was one of the most horrific things i've ever seen me too. as far as just pure cruelty to an animal I don't know guys that hunt these animals and are like shooting them up just to watch them suffer. Like I don't know and, anybody. I don't well, know anybody and to go back to go back to the hog and, and just to give some context. So this video was not extreme. There was no bloodlust. There was no gore. I shoot the, I shoot the hog at about 44 yards. That's where I ranged him. It went in through his side and through the ribs, hit him in the heart, came out the other side. And then he squared around jumping violently like he was trying to charge at me. And at about 20 to 25 yards, 
I put the arrow right beside his head, looking at his rib cage, coming head on, you know, as if somebody had their head down and you could see the clav or the, the collarbone and whatnot. Um, I was just aiming for that point because that's what contains the heart. So I shot there again, the arrow passed completely through the animal. Once again, coming out the hind side on the, on the rear hump and the animal dropped, you know, but the fact of the matter is it was two arrows, both hitting the heart. The first one to, to have an efficient, effective shot placement so that the kill is ethical and, and quick hogs for some reason are tough as hell. They, they fight until their last breath and this thing turned to charge at me and putting the arrow in there that was able to finish his, his life very, very quickly. And in my mind, ethically, I've never seen people just turn around and just put a bunch of holes in an animal because it feels good, you know, because it's exciting. I don't hunt with those kind of people. I'm not saying that they're not out there. I'm not saying that, you know, it doesn't happen, but not everybody is, is the same. And, I just want people to understand that every single thing has a spectrum. You know, sexuality has a spectrum. Intensity has a spectrum. Um, height. Some people are tall. Some people are short. Some people are wide. Some people are thin. Some people are skinny. Some people are fat. Like every single thing about humanity has a spectrum. And identifying yourself is, is a big part of that, like identifying where you fall, but also understanding that you don't get to decide where other people fall. That's yeah. a part of it, you know? Well, that's a good lesson. I think that, you know, typically these conversations that we have, we don't, <laughs> there's not really a subject. We go all over the board and, you know, there's so much we could have talked about today that we didn't. Um, and I'm glad that we went this way because it definitely reminds me, you know, play your own game, right, man? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you and I have kind of both brought up, um, you know, points in our life that, that we felt, you know, it's not inadequate. It's not that. Um, it's just maybe, you know, losing, losing, uh, why exactly we're doing it and like, you know, for what, for what, for what, like, why are we doing this? And I think that that's really, um, if it's just to remind you and I, I think that's our goal. You know, if it helps other people, then that's just, you know, that's benefit too. um, realizing what you're doing. Don't, you know, not comparing, um, myself to Brandon Lilly or Casey Bart or Brandon McGuire or any of these other guys that we're, we're comparing ourselves to and just comparing ourselves to ourselves and saying, what are we, what are we doing? What's the goal here? And what do we want to accomplish? And that can't, shouldn't typically be infinity. <laughs> no, it that's the not. easy way. That's the, that's the easy way. That's, that's yeah. cheap. Um, so what's next you. for you, man? What's, uh, what's the holidays look like for you and what do you got? Like what's shaping up for 2021? Dude, we got a lot going on. Um, out of the gate is just making sure that, um, you know, we're, we're still dealing with a lot of, you know, from the professional side, we're still dealing with a lot of COVID-19 uh, manufacturing issues from uh, raw materials to bottles and lids. And you, you would just have, you, you, would, you wouldn't believe the nationwide worldwide <clears throat> impact of, of some of these shutdowns and some of the, uh, manufacturing, uh, I guess, um, divergence from what they would typically be manufacturing to what they are manufacturing. Now, a good example is seasoning bottles are made from the same plastic that hand sanitizer bottles are made from. So, uh, that plastic, the plastic pellets in bulk coming from either overseas or domestically are getting sent to, uh, factories that make 
hand sanitizer bottles, the rolls of cardboard that go inside of labels are now being used for um, toilet paper and uh, paper towels and in medical industry. So there's so many like manufacturing things. And I think that, you know, um, the biggest challenge I have in 2021 is, is just kind of bopping around my manufacturing, you know, my manufacturing losses and, and keeping going. Um, we, we, um, some, some of the cool things we have going on is, um, this is kind of personal, but I brought on my original graphic designer, um, the guy that has drawn, 99.9% of the things that you've seen put out from me. Um, He was doing this, you know, nights and weekends um, for a while. It ended up up turning into two full-time jobs for him. And uh, he's coming on uh, officially full-time uh, on one, one, he's, he's already doing it, but don't tell the government that, um, but, right. it's one, uh, you know, so one, one, he comes on full time. So we're going to really throttle up. It's going to allow us to basically launch a few new, um, side, you know, side steps for the company. Uh, one of which that, that you're going to be a major part in is tech calories outdoors. And it's like, you know, we kind of utilize this, <laughs> we talked about conservation and, and, and game, a lot this this podcast um i think we could we could do a whole hour and a half only on this but it's something that's near and dear to my heart and it's something that i don't you know obviously consume exclusively but it's something that i want to be a part of um kind of one of those you know four hunters by hunters vibe um yeah you know, we, uh, we don't have on the top, on the exact topic that we just talked about. I don't have to be, um, a world-class hunter. Uh, I'm a world-class seasoning manufacturer. Um, that's going to play, it's going to play into this, you know? Sure. Um, so, so that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're working on a full line of, uh, um, you know, rubs and seasonings. Those are kind of easy, but we're also doing, uh, we're trying to partner with a few different companies for, um, at home processing of your own sausage. Cause it's a lot easier to do than, than a lot of people realize. And people pay a lot of money uh, to have the processor do it. The process of doing it at your home, is actually a lot of fun. Um, you have a lot more control of it. Uh, a lot of people do not want um, some of these crazy, you know, nitrates, salts, and, and shit like that in their food. Um, we we can take control of that, um, and and you know, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, we're well, doing. That's, that's something I was gonna say too. Is is it just <laughs> one more layer to where the circle kind of completes? You know process like taking an animal is one thing and then there's also and and i don't fault anybody this is just an area that i'm interested in going like i said learning to utilize every piece of the the animal and then learning you know a lot of this meat is just so functional for burger and you know functional for sausages um why not learn to do these steps even if you don't do them forever, like if you just learn it and then you pass it right back off to your butcher or you, you let somebody at the processor plant do it for you. I think it's important, especially because of 2020, to look at things from a skill set level. Like, what if I had to? That's a question yeah. that has driven me all of 2020. Like, what if I had to? And to go back to that friggin' elk pack out, there were so many times, you know, that little voice in your head that's like, just ask how far it is. And I knew the answer before I even asked it or before I even started to ask it. It's like, it's as far as that fucking truck is. 
It doesn't matter, you know. And that's the kind of positions yeah. I like to put myself in. And I it's think like it's, take, so, it's like taking the the clock out of the room. Like, yeah, you know, it's it done when it's matter. done, dude. <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of times <clears throat> we forget that that you know there was this old show, and and I don't mean to interrupt you on this, but there was this old show that really kind of kicked me in the ass and I've been trying to find it forever, but it's called frontier house. And it was on PBS and it took these people from different walks of life. You know, there was a multimillionaire tech guy. There was a blue collar welder. There was a guy that worked a nine to five at like, you know, a paint processing play, just four families that were taken out to somewhere in Montana. There was a general store in the middle. And then it was like a two mile trek to the land that they were going to occupy with a very simple traditional style frontier cabin. And they were given objectives with this historian. And it was like, you got to cut this much wood every day. You've got to harvest this much uh, grain every day. And you know, all these things you could use, you could learn to make soaps for extra money to sell to the families. You could learn to knit or to sew to make money, to help the other families and also gain income. Dude, these families busted their ass and really did a good job and the historian failed all of them they came to this one family i'll never forget and the father was adamant like we're going to cut wood every day and he had stacks and cords and cords and cords of wood and the historian looked at him and said you guys would have frozen to death in the first few weeks of february you know and it's those it's those types of lessons that you can't know unless you try and it's like i think everybody assumes you know, if you follow hunting and you follow hunters, you see a lot of success, buddy. I'm telling you, I've got <laughs> more days of frustration and failure than I do of success in the woods. And I've got people who are very capable helping me and also the skill set that I have within those parameters. It's a hard thing to do. So as you know, processing an animal down. It's not very hard. It's been done for generations, but knowing how to do it, knowing how to do it correctly so that the meat that you harvest is the best that it can possibly be. Not letting it touch the glands, not leaving it on the ground or not letting it get warm. You know, all of these things play into how that meat tastes and how it fuels your family or your friends. So on the, on the topic of sausage, I know I beat this to death, just talking forever, but you're beating sausage to death, man, beating it to death. But last year, you know, I've, I'd made sausage or watch people make sausage a hundred times, but until you've got the casing in your hand, until you're learning how to do it, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up the casings. They're going to tear. You're going to spill meat on the table. But the fact of the matter is once you know how to do it, you get this rhythm. It's kind of like riding a bicycle. And that would be my encouragement for anybody moving forward, because I do think the world is going to look radically different um, than it did in 2019 and prior. I think, I, I mean, I just think there's going to be some hard times coming up for people and the more confidence you can have in your skills the more that you can utilize people like Casey that are assisting in those skills, you know, making a sausage that would be normally very bland and flavorless taste very, very good and have something that not only did you acquire in the field, but your kids can get involved in cleaning the animal and making the sausages and then also eating and having really good quality food. <coughs> That's what I'm going for. I yeah, want the full spectrum. And the conservation and the things in like the hunter recruitment um, you know, I, I guess mindset that you and I are both, um, following. It's like, I always find that the, the sausage is like an easy, an easy, uh, liaison from, um, conventional meats to game meat. I mean, sausage is a good way to say like, tell me this doesn't taste good. 
right. you know, um, there's some acquired taste, like, you know, like, uh, you're talking about venison heart, like, tell me that doesn't taste good. And I'm going to tell you you're a liar, but also getting people to jump right from store-bought burger meat, uh, you know, Bubba burgers to, um, <laughs> yeah. to, to a venison heart, it's going to be a challenge. But I think if you said, Hey, this is a, you know, this is andouille sausage. It's hot as fuck, man, but it's so good. Try this out. Period. Right. Here's a Hawaiian dude that has chunks of pineapple in it and it's going to come, you know, freeze dried pineapple right in this sausage. <laughs> like, yeah, I, this is fucking, this is good, man. Like, this is such a cool thing. And it's, you know, um, it's 50% uh, venison or, or a third percent venison, uh, or, or, you know, a third cut venison. Um, I just think it's one step like, cause now it's like, and then now check this out guys, you can go, um, if you're lucky enough and you, um, to, to harvest your own deer, like here's a kit dude, it costs 20 bucks and you can do this as much as you want. Like you don't have to, you're not held to, um, you know, you go to the store, I mean, sausage is X amount and it has fillers and bullshit and all this, you know, we, and it's crazy because, you know, we, in our competitive analysis to kind of just benchmark where we, um, you know, who, who is our competitor here and nobody's really good at this. There's a couple that sell a lot, but they're not fucking good at it. Um, you know, even somebody like Cabela's that we were looking at. I think I still have it pulled up on my computer here. Um, you know, this one sausage we were looking at, it had, uh, like 13 grams of, I can't find it on my computer here, but it was like, it was like 13 grams of carbs per serving from the sausage mix that you're putting in it. And they're calling it, you know, like, um, maize flour or something, you know, they're like, like maize starch or something so that that you don't realize it's fucking corn sugar. Maize Um, binder. My, yeah, exactly. With like the, uh, thesaurus, like synonyms for corn go, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now synonyms for sugar go. Okay. There's our new product and go like, so, so ours is not saying that there's not going to be sugar, but if there's sugar, we're going to tell you there's sugar, you know, we, we, we salt sugar. I mean, we, we use those products, um, those ingredients in our products, but they don't, it's generally in milligram amounts and it's generally for a purpose, like a crust on a, on a, on a, uh, you know, like a crust on a, on a, um, backstrap is, is crazy. And you can achieve that with some salt and sugar. Yeah. So well, yeah, have you thought about, have you thought about this? And this is probably, you're going to just laugh at how stupid I am, but <laughs> have you thought, you know, I'm thinking about your gobbler hollow box. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I love the packaging on that. And you also Thank do you. it with your, your brine kit and everything else. Um, your prime rib stuff. Yep. Have you imagined having one of those anatomical cut charts, like with a deer and just imagine that same type of logo with a deer with the anatomical charts, like here's the brisket, here's the rump, here's this, this, and then having a designated seasoning pack for each yeah, one that, of those. That, that's actually the exact idea. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a larger kit. It's going to be a little bit more expensive and it should be. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the exact idea. Like here's, um, uh, here's a jerky seasoning. So you, you know, we suggest you take this part in, in, uh, you know, this many pounds or this percentage, uh, to do jerky. Let's take this and we're, you're going to want it ground. Cause we're going to do some sausage with it, save the, we're going to retain these and use this bruiser blend, um, which you've tasted as the, yeah. um, as the, um, the HRP blend that we put together. Um, yeah, dude, it's super, super smoky. Um, 
big game rub. I mean, I'm sitting here staring at the final label for it right now. Yeah, that's for the lean cuts. You know, that's for the, for the the straps and the stakes and stuff. I mean, yeah, that's that's exactly what our plan is. Where it's you know, it's not going to do it all, but it's going to point you in the right direction. Um, because it's also like I you don't want this kit to do it all. Like you still want right. some. Because the other thing that we talked about is that we <laughs> imagine this. No one's ever done this. Um, like a game. We, for some reason, well, it makes a lot of sense, I guess, but, but smoke tastes good on venison, like, like smoke, um, powder, like we use hickory smoke powder a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when that's, uh, applied to venison, it just tastes incredible. So we actually have a taco seasoning that, um, has had the other ingredients, uh, adjusted, uh, with increased smoke. So it still tastes like a taco, but it actually helps kind of, um, not mask the game taste of just ground venison, but, but it amplifies the, uh, the positive notes. So like nobody's ever done a game taco mix, right? Right. The, 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 like with, with passion or, or the amount of give a fuck that we're going to have. And I think that, you know, at first my goal was like, well, dude, there's no reason that this shouldn't be in Cabela's or Bass Pro. But now it's like, well, fuck those guys. You know what I mean? Like, as you go in there and these guys that are claiming conservation, like, you know, if I got get the opportunity, which I have friends that will give me that opportunity to go talk to them. Th- these guys that are preaching conservation, this is, this is all they have. And their seasonings in here are called like, you know, um, dead on, dead on demand, you know, like mow, mow them down. Mow them, down. Yeah. Yeah. Mow them, yeah, exactly. Like, like, uh, I, I just like everything's, it's a mockery. It's, it's silly. They're silly. You know, they're, 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 um, they're, they're just kind of uh, simple gifts and stuff like that is really all that they offer in that uh, scheme. So it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I just I think they have a, they have some growing up to do. <laughs> yeah. And and I've done all right just doing direct to consumer. And, you know, we have um, I mean, every town has has their butcher shop or their, or their processor that that would be happy to have that box like you talked about sitting there handcrafted with a real fucking stamp on it um, signed by the guy that put it together. Um, so you're going says, the Rolls Royce route. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know I mean? Certificate of certificate of authenticity. I mean, you know see, the, not Rolls Royce. I'm thinking like Elvis decanter plate. Like, <laughs> you know, what's funny though. And this is a side note, but I know a guy that um, <laughs> is very deep into the Rolls Royce culture. He's on, he's on four of them. Oh, um, but he requests a particular engine uh, engineer. Uh, there's, you know, the guy that builds your engine actually signs a plate just under your VIN number. And three of his four Rolls Royce have been built by the same guy. That's so and it just, it, it just deepens what it means because yeah. that guy has particular preferences on, on piston rings and, and different yeah. things like that. And it's cool that Rolls Royce allows some bit of tinkering there to those engineers likes, you know, so every one of them has a standard, you know, Rolls Royce has a standard, but within those standards, those engineers get to get to have their influence on it. And I think that's really, really, um, it's a side note, but I think it's important because Rolls Royce doesn't do advertisements. You know, they don't, they're not on the Super Bowl Sunday. They're not any of that kind of stuff. And I just say that to encourage you 
to go that route because if you and, and your spices and your your seasonings are so good that when people have them, it's it's just a clear cut difference from what they've experienced. And I think that not necessarily that you have to be that pretension that Rolls Royce kind of yeah, has, right. but I think the approach to the quality is what you've shared with me and what you're sharing with the people and how you do that. I just think it's awesome. And I, I enjoy the text messages, whether you know it or not, when you're creative and when you're sharing design ideas or you're sharing ideas, it, it really does motivate me because I'm over here like this piece of shit. What the fuck kind of guy, you know, always looking for, you know, something to attach myself to in the past. Like I need, I need, we've talked about it. I need a shirt or I need this or I need that. Mm -hmm. What have I done in 2020? Nothing because I've sat back and finally stopped trying to be active with, with ideas that have no point. They're just, they're mimics of somebody else's or they're, they're a fad. And I really just looked at myself and been like, I don't need anything right now. When, When it's the right thing, it will happen and it'll come. And I think you found that thing. You made it something like I, if you'd have told me that, you know, when this all started, that this was going to be what it's become, <laughs> I couldn't have envisioned it, you know, yeah, because yeah, because I was narrow minded. But you've you've stuck with it and you've seen it through. And that's just I don't know, man. I really hope people that, that are listening to this, um, they if they've never tried your stuff, I hope they give it a shot. And certainly not on the grounds that this is an advertisement. This is like, <laughs> yeah, this who is do I pay? Who do I pay for this advertisement? But this is this is real, and it, <clears throat> yeah. it's deeper. It's deeper than the label. It's deeper deeper than the spices. It's it's the first bite. That's I yeah, think so, that's what you're working for. And, and you know the other person that that sees a lot of this and had, helps me a lot on the marketing side and the content. Uh, production side is uh, Brandon Hirojo. And um, last night it kind of came full circle. I mean, he he's partnered with uh, Josh Smith over the last, I think, like six months um, to really help the um, the marketing and the business side of, of uh, Montana Knife Company. And I know he had a lot of say in this new blade that they just produced and um, the speed goat. And, you know, it's cool because Hirojo sent me, you know, he's, t- he's texting me at two o'clock in the morning, you know, mountain time. It's five, it's like 5 a.m., 4.30 in the morning where I'm at. And it's a picture of them up pulling a fucking all-nighter. And I'm like, first of many, dude. Like, it, and I'm not being pretentious. I'm not being, you know, egotistical here. But it's like that's the part that that um, people don't see. And you know what? Somebody that's, uh, I know that, you know, you're a friend of theirs. And um, it's somebody that I really respect. But it's it's the, uh, the bearded butcher guys. Um, you know, they actually gave me that feeling the other morning where it was like he shared some video of him, like, leaving his house you know, early morning and going to like, you know, flip beef around all day. And I'm like, this isn't what people think it is. Like the amount of time and the effort and the getting up and leaving that warm bed every day. Uh, dude, the more times you can just do that in replication, um, it doesn't even matter what how good he is at what he does when he gets there. It's just doing that as many times as possible. And then things will kind of, um, 
you know, iron themselves out. I just see, I see him, I mean, just, just putting the time in and it's, I really respect him for that. Um, even as a, How you- even as a competitor of mine, um, I respect the shit out of those guys and we've, uh, we've kind of tipped our hats at each other and, and, uh, you know, it's like, I would, um, I would, I would love to, to work with them or, or help them or have them help me or whatever. I think we're on really good terms. Um, because I just see, I see a lot of, of, uh, work being done and that's kind of like the, that's like the denomination, right? That's like the, uh, the, um, when you boil it down, that's all that we really have. Well, and I think that 2020 has shown, um, for a lot of people that it's not always a versus it's exactly what you talked about. Like you could sit here and, and in your mind or in your, your staff meetings, you could manifest them as your enemy, yeah. you know, like. Hey guys, we got to do this. We got to outperform this. We got to blah, 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 blah. And you end up becoming a chaser of someone else's good through negative means rather than just chasing your own good, understanding that double the good is double the good. Yep. You know, like they they have clients that might occasionally dip over and buy one of your, your gobbler hollow packages or they might buy an occasional spice and vice versa. I mean, I've yep. used their products yeah. and, and, and they're good. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's the thing about it is there's not like this finite cap on the amount of positive and good and constructiveness yeah. that can be done yeah. in the world. And I've done that to myself. I've made people enemies that probably would have stood in line to be my ally had I not yeah. motherfucked them in my own head, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's probably the biggest takeaway from 2020 for me is one, nobody's self-made. That's that's the biggest crock of bullshit in the world. Like, you might be for a little while, but somewhere along the line, somebody's going to help you. Somebody's going to share a post. Somebody's going to, you know, leave a comment or whatever it is. And that little thing in some small way helps you. Nobody's self-made. And I'm trying to make more allies than enemies ever than, than ever before. And I don't really have a thing to sell, um, but I'm consciously aware of, of really cool people doing really cool things. And like you said, Hiroho working with you and working with Josh and working with other people, like Brandon is obviously somebody that if I want to be in touch with, with really cool people, he's a person that I follow and observe. Doesn't mean that I have to be his best friend. Doesn't mean I have to blow him up to get, you know, my foot in the door, but man, he just keeps leading me to cool people. You lead me to cool people. Josh leads me to cool people. I just quit following the bullshit. And the last thing that I'll say about any of this is 2020 allowed me to identify that I don't have to be cool. I don't want to be cool. Um, I feel like being cool is a job that a lot of people are comfortable with until the fact that it's like, Oh, I'm fucking 40 years old in a couple of years. You know, like I, yeah. I'm not going to be the cool guy anymore. Um, what's that famous saying? You can't buy class and you can't fake cool. Like, the cool people that I know, like, like a Tate Fletcher, you can look at that guy, you, <laughs> you look at that guy and, and you can be like, Oh, he's, he's done up. He's dolled up or he's got an image to uphold. I guarantee you that dude thinks less about his wardrobe than any human alive, but it works. And it, it sets a trend because he is cool because the person inside the dude owns is cool. whatever. Did I ever tell you, you know? a story about Tate? My daughter sent him a video to tell him he did such a good job on the Mandalorian and oh, he responded yeah. back with a video. You know, I mean, <laughs> that guy is, he is a cut above He's yeah. something else, man. And a yeah, lot of it's in a lot of the great stuff that he does. 
nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, I that's know been, that's yeah. one thing too. I, I know you've done a lot of this this year too, and, and you've kind of always been this way. But man, my highlight reel is in a group text. It's not on Instagram anymore, yeah. you know. And um, there's well, dude, uh, I, I sit around and it's like my highlight reel is you know I got I got four or five guys here on a Friday night. <laughs> drinking Miller lights, packing boxes for me. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing as, uh, when I used to strip tobacco or work in tobacco, it's, it's, it's not fun as in it's hard work. You're sweating your ass off. Um, but every morning you get to the farm at six 30, you show, you know, the farmer, whoever it is that day, cause you rotated farms yeah. shows up with a, you know, 15 pack of twin pack sausage biscuits from Dairy Queen, yep. you know, a, a bun warmer full of uh, coffee. And you have that and you go work and then you come back in, you have a turkey sandwich or a ham sandwich or bologna with chips and a Mountain Dew at lunch. And if you work hard enough, uh, when the sun goes down and you're at the potluck, the farmer will throw you a Bud Light or a Budweiser. You know, you're 16, 17 years old. It all makes it worth it. It all sucks, but it's a, it's a collective suck that comes to a greater good. I mean, setting the, setting the seeds, going out and topping the, the leaves and stripping the, you know, chopping them down, tri- stripping the leaves in the winter. I mean, it has this cyclical effect of accomplishment. Yeah. And, and like that 17 year old there isn't asking the right ones that you and I know that maybe not, maybe it wasn't me, but you know, I saw them around and I know of them when I was younger. It's like those guys weren't asking what time it was. They weren't asking how much further till the truck. It was like when it's fucking done and they knew it, you know, and there was always those guys that just did it. And you know, that's, that's something I definitely am jealous. And it's like, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and just talk about how hard I work and everything. Cause there's people that work a hundred times, you know, sacrificed a hundred more, you know, I've never missed a Christmas with my kids period. Right. Listen, I'm not, I'm not sitting in fucking Baghdad, you know, wow, wow, you know, right now. So, um, you know, my sacrifice is nothing, but, um, you know, just, you know, I just, to conclude caring less about the infinity and more about tangible goals and tangible accomplishments is something that I'm really, um, pulling back from, you know, and, and, and kind of re, re, re-engaging infinite go within a finite life Mm -hmm. well right between go and go is what go (laughs) (laughs) well man i love you so much and um i'm glad we had this convo we definitely don't need to go as long but (laughs) yeah love you too man but no you just you've been killing it and well likewise man you've been mountain man (laughs) i'll take it i'll uh, I'll definitely get some sleep i did i got nine and a half hours last night i was like no alarm this morning Went to bed about nine thirty, so it was a good one. Good, we sound good, man. Um, yeah, you sound good too. I, I know that. Uh, I, I say it all the time, but man, you've just been a positive, positive, kind of like the bumpers on the on the bowling lanes for me a lot of times in my life. So oh, I really appreciate dude. it. Likewise, dude. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all of us. You know, it, it's we're we're lucky. I say that over and over again. We're fucking lucky. And, uh, you know, anybody out there that's listening, it's like, you know, we're here too. Um, maybe yeah. not in the same capacity, you know, I'm not giving my fucking cell phone number out. You're not texting me, but <laughs> we're here, man. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're lucky. We talked about the negatives of social media in, in conclusion, very quickly. The positive is that when we need help, there's help. Um, you know, we can reach out and it's not always that easy. I get it, dude. But, uh, 
you know, there's people out there. We can reach people over all over the world. And, uh, there's some really, really good resources out there. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is just let people know how you feel about them. Absolutely, man. So, well, listen, have a great weekend and, uh, I'll talk to you. You too. Merry Christmas, dude. I'll talk all to right. you, but enjoy Absolutely. life. All right, Happy thanks, holidays. Man. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Yeah.